Hi, and welcome to The Backlot. A discussion with the entertainment industry's top talent. I'm Ariel Seagard. And I'm Eric Connor. And this episode, we are taking a look at CW's Riverdale with two of the show's stars. Yes, that's right. Casey Cott, who plays Betty's BFF, Kevin, and the front woman of Josie and the Pussycats, Ashley Murray. For our characters, we get a little more time off than some other ones, which we do, is sometimes we do. nice. But um, most of the time, we're like, put us in the ship. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you guys are laughing. Riverdale is an adaptation of the legendary So Square, it's hip comic book, Archie. Actually, it was popular, but I don't think it was ever considered hip. But the show is the farthest thing from Square. It owes so much more of its brooding, expressionistic style to shows like Pretty Little Liars than it does the original comic book. Our story is about a town and the people who live in the town. You wanted fire? Sorry, Cheryl, bombshell. My specialty's ice. Didn't we have a deal? No, Geraldine, we have a secret. You're a little more dangerous than you look, aren't you? You have no idea. Riverdale wasn't the same town as before. It was a town of shadows and secrets now. To pull off this blend of mystery, melodrama, romance, and murder, Riverdale needed a cast who was not only talented, but trained. I actually went to a school that is in the similar vein of, of the Film Academy. Um, I went to a private conservatory. It's called the New York Conservatory for Dramatic Arts. Um, it was a two-year conservatory, and it was Meisner-based. Hey! Hey! Stanford! Yeah, Meisner! You gotta do it from here, let it do you! Um, you right? Nightmares. Um, <laughs> I think, for me personally, conservatory environments are really great for artists because if you know how to spell, you know how to work a calculator, you know, like you get through all of your <laughs> GE courses that you do in, in school and they may be your favorite, but sometimes focusing on just what you want is the best way to go because you can just let your right brain take over, you know? Yeah. Oh, the thing that I remember most from school, don't be late. <laughs> Don't be late. And if you're late, apologize. Acknowledge it immediately and let it go. Don't, don't make excuses. Nobody cares about where you're coming from. Nobody cares why you're late. Nobody cares if you learned your lines or not. You just better suck it up and pretend like you know that shit if you don't live in that moment and call it. But that, that's the number one thing that I remember. And it's, you know, I'm working on it. <laughs> She's never late. I am almost never late. I can count on one hand how many times I've been late in the last three or four years. That's how you know that this is what you need to be doing because you'll never be late to an audition or a job. Mm -hmm. uh, on a different note, I became an actor in high school and I really wanted to pursue that in college. Mm -hmm. and I went to Boston University for a bit and great school, great school. Um, wasn't for me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, wasn't for me, so I, I left and I went to Carnegie Mellon University and I, um, my, my senior year, my second semester of college, we did a showcase in New York and um, the Warner Brothers, our show is a Warner Brothers show and cast directors came to that and the next day I auditioned for Kevin, and then wow. that night I got it. Wow. One, one, awesome. your life can change in two 
hours. Oh, oh my god! Because I, I mean, literally audition, was on a flight in the morning. Um, the thing that I'll say that I carry with this show is that you're in a unique spot right now to adjust the way you think about art and the way you think about acting and to put your bias aside. Whenever you go see a movie or a TV show or a play, you can think about it unbiased. Don't think if it's good or not. Think about what it is and how you can adjust what you do to fit into the style that that thing is. For instance, Riverdale is not Shakespeare or Guillermo del Toro, or, or, or it's, it's a super specific style of, of, of art. And it's good, and it's different. But um, allow yourself to whatever you do constantly, go see it unbiased. You can be like, I friggin' hate this. But you can also be like, wow, that person really dove into that style. And I try to keep that with me whenever I see whatever I see or whatever I do. When it came time to audition for the roles that launched their careers, the actors needed to make choices about how to deliver a line or how to wear a backpack or even using a set of cat ears. I had lunch with a cousin of mine who I had never met before. It was the first time I'd ever met him. He's also an actor. And I found out I had the audition for, for Riverdale. And I was telling him about it. And he said, the one thing that I do that allows me to book so much, he's very, he's very good. I can't, anyway. And the thing that he told me to do was most actors who are going to come into an audition, they might make a choice. And then a smaller percentage of them will have made one choice. You need to make more than one. You need to make several choices. So each time you come to a moment in a script where you feel that something has shifted, that the intention has changed, or you know the conversation that you're having, you're not getting what you want, so you have to find another way to get it, in those moments, make a choice. It can be physical. It can be vocal, you know, it can be internal, whatever that is, whatever that works for you. And what's funny, when um, I made it to the studio and network auditions to test, I had to sing uh, Whitney Houston. I had like made an abridged version of um, How Will I Know? And I didn't know all the words. <laughs> and I forgot it midway through the audition, like I was singing and I stopped. And everybody was like, is she gonna and then I found it again and I kept going and in order for me to not have that moment my agents and my team they were like oh my god please don't do that again and so when I had to test for the studio or excuse me for the network I decided I don't I don't really feel comfortable you know this note is really high I don't know how I'm gonna sell it I don't want them to see that I'm uncomfortable so I decided to dance I just turned the song into an entire performance wow. I, I took what I do in my real life when Whitney comes on God bless and like I, when I'm out with my girlfriends, I'll get up on a table and I'll dance for anybody who's watching. I don't even know them. I don't care. I'm just in that moment. So I took that part of myself and a physical choice and was able to execute that moment and uh, booked it. Wow. So that's, that's the way that I work. Um, I hope that that makes sense and translates well enough. It's more important about making more than one choice. It honestly will set you apart from everyone because most people are going to make one and most of those people are gonna make the same one. In terms of, for me, auditioning, I think I got lucky on this one um, because they were at a time crunch. I'm not kidding. 
But in terms of what I think about acting in general, he got cast the day before, like tr within twenty-four hours. Truly, they started shooting, shooting like the next day. Oh but to answer your question, I learned. Do you guys do like a text analysis kind of thing? Yeah. So that to me is is the number one thing, because the writers uh, hopefully give you enough about your character that you don't have to do as much work as you think. You know, everything that's said about your character, all those things are specifically written by the writer, obviously. And then on top of that, I like, and some of these things come later, but with TV they don't, you know? The second I put a costume on, I'm like, all right, this is what this person wears. Um, the second I get a prop, I'm like, Kevin has this, this backpack that, it's this little like weird backpack. And whenever I put that on for some reason, that's my thing, I clutch it, and I'm like, this is Kevin. But I like to take everything outside of here that's given to me, because if I go into here, it's not gonna work for me. I like to take props, costume, text, and from there, exactly what Ashley said, make as many choices, and I like to make it as active as possible, yeah. which is a very buzzy actor word, but <laughs> it's true. If you're actively trying to get someone from that person, you're gonna come across as much more engaging than if you're just, you know, and you can use your body to do that, and you can put those a actions on a page, and. And that's what I do. Granted, now with Kevin, I, I don't really, I'm not gonna lie and say like I still write down my actions. I just clutch the bag and I'm good. But I like, I like props, costumes, and, and uh, what, what people have said about your character in the text, and then try to make the most active choice after knowing those four things. You know, it's funny you say that about costumes because I was never that person. I was I, like, I, I've never been that actor where it's like, ooh, I've got the clothes on, like, and, because this role, honestly, is the only one where I felt connected to the character mm -hmm. through a costume piece, and it was the cat ears. And uh, I actually wore cat ears to my audition. Mm -hmm. I had a tank top that I bought from H&M like five years prior that just had a giant cat face on it. And I had these little $1.99 like, cat ears mm -hmm. that my roommate let me borrow from her cheap, cheap Halloween costume. <laughs> And it, it, it gave me this like extra level of sass and it also allowed me and informed other physicality because once I put those cat ears oh, cool. on and I was getting all in Archie's business, I was like, you don't understand. The Pussycats are building a brand, creating a signature look, okay? We're telling a story. It's just... Read my glossed lips, Justin Gingerlake. Not gonna happen. It just came out of nowhere, and I was like, ooh, that's a moment. And so it's, it, there are certain things that will bring you to those moments. Once they got the roles, the reality and the stress of having these roles on this massive TV show began to sink in. The biggest thing I had done was, was a play for 65 people in Pittsburgh. And <laughs> our crew's probably 85 people. So you, you, I walk in, the first scene of the entire show we shot was me and, and Veronica and Betty walking down the hallway the first time I meet Veronica. So what's the social scene like here? Any nightclubs? A strip club called The Ho Zone and a tragic gay bar called Innuendo. Friday night's football games and then tailgate parties at the Malmark parking lot. Saturday night is movie night, regardless of what's playing at the Bijou, and you better get there early because we don't have reserved seating in Riverdale on Sunday nights. Thank God for HBO. Veronica Lodge, Kevin Keller. Veronica's new here, Kevin is gay. Thank God, let's be best friends. And I, I walk into this school and I see all this crew and I'm like, what are these people doing? Why are they all here? And I see the Warner Brothers executive producers and I see the, the CW producers and there's a moment where you're like, why did they choose me? I should not be here. <laughs> wow. I don't deserve this. Wow. I'm not good enough for this. 
And then you, instead of going there, you go, all right, like, let's just get in the driver's seat and let's do it. And if you, if you take that approach, and if you take all the passion you have, if you take all the training you've done, and you just think it's a simple scene. And the cool part about TV is that you shoot scenes like, that are like this big. So you have like, at most, like six lines, right? You're like, I'm gonna get through these six lines. And I remember the first three takes, after the third take, this door like flew open down the hallway and this Warner Brothers producer leaned out and like, gave me the thumbs up. And I was like, I'm not getting fired today. Um, but it's, it's freaky, but you, you get it. And you have good, you're gonna have good people with you that show you how to do it. Lily, my first day, one time I felt her kind of like this on my shoulder and I was like, I'm trying to save my line. But she was moving me over onto my mark. Oh, and awesome. it was Camila's first day on set too. You know, you just get it, you get it. It's, it's, it's the same, it's all the same. It's different, but it's so similar. You just, you just do it. That, that's, yes, that's mm-hmm. exactly what it is. And you know, if, if you know what everybody's job is, you know, if you're used to pretending like you're on an active set in, in class at school, it honestly won't be any different. If anything, you'll just be, you know, kind of overcome by all the really cool things about it rather than, oh my God, I can't do this. You know, that, that fear will turn into excitement once you get comfortable and you realize everybody's here for the same thing, y'all all are here to make the same, you know, show work. So, you know, you're there for a reason. So, you know, just embrace that. Cool. And then you learn, and then you're like, oh, like that camera's here, this camera's here. Mm. They're on that lens, they're on that lens. If I go like this far this way, I'm gonna be out. And then you, you start to learn that craft and it's a whole new style of acting. Yeah. It's super cool. It is. Being a series regular on a popular TV show is like every actor's dream. You don't need to audition every day, and you know when and where your next paycheck is coming from. But it's a lot of work, a lot of hours. And the job itself doesn't stop just because your scenes are wrapped. This was my first time ever on a set, so I I didn't know what was happening. But basically, we work Monday through Friday, and then actually this year we got pretty backed up, so the past eight, eight, nine weeks. Yeah. We had a Saturday, so we were working Monday through Saturday, which is crazy. But Monday mornings, you start super, super early. So a call time will be like 5 a.m. Wow. Um, <laughs> 5 a.m. It'll be like 5.11. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 5.04. Um, so you get there at 5.04, and um, they do your hair and makeup. And then it just depends on how many scenes you're in. It can be anywhere from a normal day shooting-wise for us is about 14 hours. Yeah. Now... I would be exaggerating if I said that's every day because there's certain days where I'm in the first scene or Ashley's in the first scene and we're done and it's a you know it's a six hour <laughs> day. Yeah. Um, Just leave the sun still up, I can go grocery shopping. Yeah. Great. Yeah, and then there's you know, on top of that, there's there's days we have a lot of we do a lot of press for our show. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have what we call EPK, which you know, like um, MTV is here today, so you're gonna go do an interview. Um, we do a lot of that. Yeah. So it's you have to love it. Um, but yeah. for our characters, we get a little more time off than some other ones, which we do, is sometimes we do. nice. But um, most of the time, we're like, put us in the ship. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you guys are laughing. Um, he, he's right. And you know what? The other thing about being on set, which you'll have to get used to, um, is oftentimes, sometimes the schedule is you're at the top of the day and then you're at the bottom of the day. So you have five, six scenes in between when you work. So I would suggest getting a hobby that isn't this. 
um, you know, bring some knitting needles, bring your it's like, laptop. It's like a 10 hour break. You know, yeah. it's like you wow. just like whatever you can't do because you're on set, I would try to find a way to do it there because sometimes you're just, you know, you're getting paid to wait, essentially. And then, you know, make friends with the people at Crafty. Crafty's great. Because they'll make you smoothies. They'll make you anything. <laughs> like, she made like a chia seed cup that was vegan and gluten-free and like wasn't too sweet. Like, I'm super picky. I'm like, do you make buffalo oh. wings? <laughs> and do you have like ranch? Just like how the actors have to keep up with their healthy or sometimes unhealthy diets, they also continue refining their training and their craft. Even after getting on Riverdale, Miss Murray and Mr. Cott never stop learning. I have a few coaches that I go between. You know, I, I've found people that I know I work very well with, and funnily enough, they don't all have the same, uh, like, technique. Um, but they give me certain things that I need. So I know whatever the audition is, oh, I can reach out to Ted Slaberski because, you know, mm. he knows the game, he watches everything all the time, and oftentimes he has the script that they're not sending out. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, then if I know that, you know, uh, Anthony Abeson is really great with doing like cold reads or working with dummy scripts, you know, for bigger projects that are unnamed. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely have people that I reach out to when I know. And then like my Meisner teacher's husband still works at the college that I went to. Oh, so cool. I just hit him up and I'm trying to like take some classes just while I'm here just to keep, you know, Mm -hmm. The machine oiled. You awesome. know, sometimes I find that I lose touch with my instrument, and it's always good to revisit that, however, is best wow. for you. So that's, that's what awesome. I do. Uh, you know, yes and no. I've had some auditions um, recently, and I did an indie movie real quick after we wrapped, which was, yeah. which was a big learning experience, mm -hmm. um, and it was great. I worked with some really cool people, but, you know, when you go from such a big budgeted show mm -hmm. to a low budget indie, it's a whole new thing, but I, I loved the indie world. But yeah, I've been auditioning. It's fun. I, I've never had a coach in New York because mm -hmm. I have never really lived lived here. Oh, I'm only here for three or four months here. Mm. And since my brother's an actor, I often times just shoot him a text and be like, hey man, can you like check this out? But I, <laughs> can you give me those the numbers of those people? <laughs> um, yes. But I, I think having a coach is great. And it, it, yeah. it's best specifically with theater auditions to me, when you get to that point, that callback point when you're like, this might happen, because those auditions are so much more thorough mm -hmm. and they're so much longer and a lot more dialogue. Yeah. And you can really take an entire room and set it up the way you want. Um, that's when I, seek help mm -hmm. to make sure I'm not doing too much or whatever. In the episode A Night to Remember, the Riverdale gang put on a production of Carrie the Musical. Every day I just pray Every move I make is right Where I go, who I know Will I be alone on Saturday night? The world according to Chris Is better to strike than construct It's gonna be a night we'll never forget You ain't seen nothing yet It's gonna be a night we'll never forget Cause when you're a Welcome 
to carry the musical. You know, putting on a musical, as you guys know, is it's, it's not easy. You know, it takes a lot of time, rehearsal, all that stuff, costumes, everything. Mm. Now imagine trying to shove all of that with the camera crew with like giant cranes and stuff in eight days. Like we have eight days to shoot our episodes. And we're also, because we were behind, we were shooting other episodes at the same time while we're trying to get this one done. So we were doing dance rehearsals in like two hour chunks by ourselves. It was just like us and the background dancers and our choreographer. And then that whole chair scene where we're, I will never. That was the first time, the day we shot that was the first time we were all together doing the choreo as a unit. And you see it's, it's a unit dance. So it was kind of hard to do that when nobody else was there. And then you just add in everything else. Like you saw how it was, it was really intense. Yeah. So many elements. When you watch the episode, and we recommend you do, it's great. It feels like Carrie the Musical was always meant to be part of Riverdale. The mood, the style, it, it's like they're tonal cousins. All they had to do was sing. It's a cool musical. It's a culty musical. Um, and it's trippy. And it's flashy. And yet it's super dark, which is literally Riverdale. So that, those two blend together and make a perfect combo. And, and I, I, hope that, I hope that paid off. But. I didn't know the musical. I still don't know the musical. <laughs> I know the few lines that we sang. Like I learned Madeline and our duet um, in the studio as I was singing it. And I also sang it out of context. We hadn't really, like, <laughs> Roberto and the writers hadn't really solidified what type of story we were going to tell through doing Carrie the Musical. So when we were going in and recording the songs, I didn't even know what the scene was between, Ma uh, uh, between Cheryl and Josie. I didn't realize that it was going to be what it was. So I just made the choice to sing it like, well, it's Josie. She's playing, like, you know, a... 40-something, you know, gym teacher, she's probably going to sound a little bit more mature, so let's throw some of that 40-year-old on there. It came out great, and it's funny because I also got to listen to, like, everybody. Everybody has such wonderful voices on the show. Like, could you imagine? Like, it's just crazy. Um, also, don't worry. That, that's auto-tune. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. They're great, but, like, yeah. it's auto-tune. <laughs> it's auto-tuned. I am not... Awesome. Nor have I ever been auto-tuned on this show. <laughs> it's the scariest thing, like legit. In the no, in, in the last episode, like in the in the finale, in the se in the season finale, I have to you know sing this song, and I broke down again. Like we've been making the show for two years, and I was in the in the in the studio, and I was just like crying. Like it's very, it's still very uncomfortable for me to hear my voice through speakers. I I can't explain it to you. Uh, it's just like a weird audio dysmorphia thing. And like I just no wrong. They're like, we're gonna play this back for you, so you know <laughs> the note you got wrong. And you're like, dude, seriously? Like, <laughs> just tell, just feed me the note. Like, <laughs> so Riverdale does an adaptation of a musical, which is an adaptation of a Stephen King novel, on a TV show that's an adaptation of Archie comics. You got all that? Now, it is a far cry from the original source material. Archie's here. Betty's here. 
Veronica too. Back in the day, Betty, Jughead, and Veronica's adventures had like no sex and even less murder. And that might be why both actors have very different points of view about even reading the original comic books. I get this question every time someone asks me questions about the show. And at first I was like, oh yeah, like yeah. yeah. But no, I've never read one. Ne- I didn't know what it was. I've never read one. I auditioned for Archie. Um, and the first time I read this pilot, all these random people had red hair. And I was like, what? is this like some weird, like <laughs> demonic hair town where like anyone with red hair is, is some sort of, some sort of cult? Natural redheads? I, well, it said like Archie red hair, Cheryl Blossom red hair, Natal, uh, or Penelope yeah. red hair. Yeah. And I was like, this is really weird. Um, I didn't have to go red. I didn't get Archie, but I eventually learned that they weren't in a cult. They were just, I, I just, it was yeah. just strange to me. I was like, what is this weird thing? But um, long story short, no. No, you didn't. No. <laughs> um, yes, I did. She's a nerd. I am Archie a nerd. nerd. Archie I, nerd. I am a comic book nerd. I love comic books. I love cartoons. It's the best. Scooby-Doo, all that. That's my jam. A pup named Scooby-Doo, freaking Dragon Ball Z. I'm like a big, I, I love any of that animated stuff. So I was a big Archie Comics fan growing up. The comics may have been around for years, but when it comes to learning TV scripts, the name of the game is Speed. The actors were asked how far in advance they got their lines, while Miss Murray's reaction told the entire tale. When do you get the script? Like, how far in advance do you get it? How much time do you Sorry. Have? Wait, no, wait. <laughs> you you get them when you get them. Yeah. Now, we, you know what? It's, it's tough. You know what? They have a tough job, so... It is. It's. I mean, you see season, what we're dealing like, oh gosh, with. There's, there's so much story. There's so much plot. And, some, and sometimes things change. Sometimes people are sick or, you know, somebody gets hurt or whatever the case is. So, you know, adjustments have to be made. But mm-hmm. sometimes, like, you get the script as we're shooting the episode. Um, wow. Or, you know, like, I think the soonest that we've probably gotten one was, what, like, three days and, You before? know, in the, in the beginning of the season, they... I remember this year, we had the first three before we started shooting, and that was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as time goes along, and they're so busy, and they're, they're also shooting with us sometimes, and it kind of compiles. So towards the end, you get them, each episode's kind of eight days. You, you probably get them the day before day one of the yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then really? You just, do they let you improvise at all, or is it like very strict? No, we are word perfect. Yeah. I was hoping he would say that. We're a word perfect show. <laughs> Why yeah, you, you learn how to do that, that because they'll get you. Yeah. We have we have script supervisors whose oh, sole cool. job is to make sure that we are I mean, every once in a while they'll mm-hmm. come up to me and go, It's it's not oh. did you go to the beach? It's did you guys go to the beach? And I'm like, Okay, yeah. Oh wow. And I will continue to say, Did you go to the beach? <laughs> <laughs> like no matter what. But but we are a word we are we are a word perfect show. Yeah. It, I've never said that line, by the way. It's really good to... There's no beaches. <laughs> really? Not yet. Um, no, it's really Riverdale good to Miami. like... Riverdale takes Miami. Season 14. Oh my God, I'll be like 50. No, I think it's really important to have like whatever is your way of learning a script, memorizing words, whether it's visual, audio, whatever is great. It's a very good tool to have. I would also say that it's very good to be able to improvise. Mm -hmm. If you know your character well enough and the circumstances and where they're living, if for some reason you may not know, you know, the words or whatever it is, if you're so grounded in that moment and who they are, whatever comes out of your mouth is going to be right. 
So just, you know, let yeah. that And when you shoot network TV, it's one thing. But if you're developing a new play uh-huh. yeah. or you're shooting yeah. an indie movie, they're going to be like, you do your thing, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but on network TV, usually it's pretty, pretty word perfect. Your line's right. Yeah. <laughs> After 40-plus episodes, the actors know their characters better than pretty much anyone, including, at times, their various directors. We have a new director every episode. Yeah. Um, and some we have some repeats. Mm-hmm. Um, but there comes a point when, always with gratitude to the director and the notes they give, there comes a point when you're like totally hearing what they say and adjusting to what they say and hearing what they say. And there's always a gracious way of doing that and the wrong way of doing that, which I'm sure you've all seen someone do <laughs> the wrong way. But there's a way of being like, oh, in episode four, like this happened and I'm thinking about this. And they're like, oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. But in that way, yes. Mm-hmm. But in certain ways, you're always learning. I mean, yeah. you don't know what's happening in chapter 36. <laughs> yeah, right. It's the, yeah. Uh, that's kind of what my sentiment was, is that, you know, our the environment of Riverdale is so ever-changing mm-hmm. that, you know, I wake up one day and, like, you know, Josie and Veronica are, like, you know, besties. And then all of a sudden, you know, she's snatching people's groups. And, mm-hmm. like, all, it's like you never, you wake up she's and you're friends and you're snatcher. not. She is. She's a little group <laughs> snatcher. But Casey is right because we do have different directors all the time, which I didn't know is customary in like network or in in television Mm -hmm. that it's very rare that a television show has the same director for every episode um so oftentimes you do have to be very comfortable with your character to be able to direct whomever that is new to the set to let them know hey this doesn't actually work like i wouldn't be sitting next to you know casey or kevin because such and Mm -hmm. such happened and you know most times they're like oh yeah got it sure we'll move you over here Mr. Cott and Miss Murray have exceedingly busy TV schedules, and despite that, they still find time to go on auditions during a hiatus, which both admit would be very difficult without representation. I'm going to be honest, I've never had an audition in this city um, personally without an agent, and that's just because I was very fortunate to get one a long time ago when mm-hmm. I was in college, um, so I can't speak to that. I have Most of my friends don't have agents. Um, but I'll let you take that one. I, you know, it, I, I'm trying to remember. I don't think I did, to be honest with you. Um, it's different here on the East Coast. On the West Coast, they don't, agents don't freelance. You're either signed or you're not. And I think it may be the same with managers there. I'm not sure. But here in New York, uh, it is a bit of a privilege to be able to freelance with an agency so they can see if you actually mm-hmm are willing to do this and can show up to auditions on time and know your material and things like that. On time, it's so (laughs) important, it's so important. But having an agent is gonna open up, an agent and a manager is gonna open up so much more opportunity for you because they're the ones who get the breakdowns. They're the ones who have casting directors reaching out to them being like, hey, can you send, I'm looking for this type of person for this role. So it's, it's very hard if not all impossible to do that on your own without any representation. It's hard, yeah. I, you know, I have friends that book Broadway from no agents, though. There, it, there's, there's. Well, I don't know nothing about theater. I'm just saying, yeah. like commercials there's so and TV. Many, there's, there's so many avenues, you know. And just if you don't have an agent, just put yourself. The more you put yourself out there, the more possibilities there are to find one, you know? Agents aren't going to come knocking on your door. They're not. And, you know, because you're in New York, I'm I'm a New York fan all the way, okay? I I feel like if you want to go to L.A., do it. And if it's your jam, do it. 
I am hardcore about the East Coast, mostly because I feel like there's so much more opportunity to get proper training here. And here, like, I, I'm sure y'all curse all the time. New York is not about the bullshit. You can't bullshit a bullshitter, you know what I mean? You can get True. by pretending to be pretty and all this other stuff in LA, and you might book a few things because you're cute to look at, mm -hmm. but if you show up saying you know somebody you don't, mm -hmm. this world is very small. And you will get up on that wall real quick and they'll be like, yeah, she sent me glitter in her like press pack. I'm not messing with her no more. You know? <laughs> is that like a term? What? She sent glitter? Oh yeah, there have been people, don't inundate casting directors. We, mailers aren't really a thing anymore. Oh. If you're, it's a mailer yeah. thing. Like if you're gonna Someone send a mailer, it's, yeah. it's only if you're in something. But don't put glitter in it. Don't like, don't be weird. <laughs> Cause they will not, they will not mess with you anymore. But being, <laughs> why are you laughing? I'm serious. <laughs> being in New York, I feel like you have a better opportunity of, of meeting the right people who are going to help curate who you are as opposed to what they think you should be. I, I just feel like if you can make it here, you can make it in New York, you can make it in Georgia, you can make it, you know, wherever else the work is. I think this is a really great place to start and knowing that don't ever pay anybody to represent you. Um, and if somebody comes to you and is like, oh, we should like change your hair and like get rid of the bangs and just go blonde, don't, don't do it. You know, <laughs> you know who you are, be authentic to who you are, unless you feel like whatever, like different haircut or hair color or whatever the case is, is just gonna elevate your essence, do that. But, you know, just kinda, I could be here all night. I've, you know <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Through all the hard work, the actors remind themselves that they are lucky and try not to lose sight of why they chose this career in the first place. We've been shooting for about two years. So we've done two seasons, but we've only been shooting for two years. But there's a lot that goes into it, what we do, are doing what we're doing right now. Um, there's a lot of contract stuff. There's a lot of business stuff. There's a lot of social stuff, a lot of press stuff, and then some shooting stuff. Um, and then there's free stuff. And then there's free stuff. <laughs> um, and And... It, it, it becomes stagnant, yeah. Like, simply, yeah. Like, are there days, many days on set where I'm like, I don't wanna be here. I do not wanna be doing this? Of course. Are there days where Chris Pratt feels that on Gardens of the Galaxy 2 set? Yeah. What I will say is I think of that feeling, to me right now, and I'm biased, because this is all I've done, I think TV is the hardest when it comes to that, because you are contractually obligated to do this thing for many, many, many years. And it's a daunting task. And you, it's exactly what you want to do. You want to do movies, you want to do all the things that I just said I wanted to do. And that's that, right? So let's say my contract right now is X amount of years. You have X amount of break, you have X amount of time while you're doing what you're doing to set yourself up to do all the things you want to do. But it's, it's a business and it's important to remember that. And it's important to keep yourself inspired when you are doing a show like we're doing, yeah. because you can get very uninspired very quickly. And we all feel that. But luckily, too, we have such a great young cast and adult cast, too, because mm. we call ourselves the kids and adults, even though like, I'm 25 <laughs> and <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> so, so we all, whenever I'm down, I'm like, yo, I am feeling rough right now. This sucks. And they're like, yeah, like, well, like, let's talk about it. Let's figure it out together. Yeah. Let's make this story good. But this is our job. Let's get passionate. Why do you like acting? Or I'll call mm. the people in my life that are not on the show. Why, do you, what, why are you doing this? 
Why don't you go be on Wall Street or something? Mm -hmm. Do you want to do that? No. All right, are you blessed to have a job? Yeah. So let's figure this out and power through it. You know, mm. it's the same with that intimidation factor. It's like instead of moping, dig deep and figure out why we like to act and be thankful for the opportunity to do it. We are thankful to Casey Cott and Ashley Murray for having such a candid conversation with our students. And thankful to all of you for listening. I'm Eric Connor. And I'm Ariel Seagard. And this episode was written by Eric Connor. Hi. Based on a Q&A moderated by Peter Allen Stone. This episode was edited and mixed by Christian Hayden. Our creative director is David Andrew Nelson, who also produced this episode with Christian Hayden and myself. Executive produced by Jean Sherlock, Dan Mackler, and Tova Leiter. With a special thanks to the staff and the crew at our New York City campus for making this all possible. To learn more about our programs, check us out at nyfa.edu. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or, you know, wherever you listen. See you next time. Pussy cats, long tails and ears for hats, guitars and shops and flats. Need sweet young and song, you're invited, come along. Josie and the pussy cats, no time for purrs and pats. Won't run when they hear scat, then when the puppy begins. <laughs>